Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. Thank you all for being here. Uh, which camera am I talking to? I don't see any cameras on. That one. Okay, thank you. Welcome to those of you here. Welcome to those of you at home. We're so grateful that you're here today. And I just want to uh, talk about a couple of the announcements. If you, you, your uh, attendance here, your participation here is so appreciated, and we would love you to be part of our team, part of our home, part of our community. If you were interested, we have a wonderful membership class today. Sean and Andy and Nadine are licensed practitioners. They have a, a wonderful presentation and explanation of membership, and so please join us. You can join online. And, or you can join us here in person. So, so we would love to have you. And take advantage of the classes. The classes are coming up, and they're very powerful. And that's what we do in New Thought, is we're always learning. And I have lots of learning for you today. So we're always learning something new. Um, so, but before I forget, begin, I do, don't have a funny story. This is a true story, but it's a good news story. Isn't it fun to have good news once in a while? Yeah. You don't hear enough of stories, good news stories. So I found one, and I just had to share it. It comes from USA Today, and it happened in, um, in Michigan, in Michigan, that there was a dog in an animal shelter. His name is Scout. And Scout uh, got, got out of the shelter, and somehow he got through two fences, crossed a busy highway, and wandered over to the nursing home. He stepped on the pad, and the doors opened. <laughs> and he went inside. This was during the night. He went inside and jumped. In, he was in the lobby, jumped on the couch, and curled up and went to sleep. And the nurse found him the next day. She was so surprised, and so she called the animal shelter, and they said, yes, he is one of ours, and he did get away. They have no idea how he got out. And so they came and they picked him up. Well, they didn't know a lot about him because he was a stray, and they knew he was abused, and they knew he had injuries. Uh, they believe he, was, he had BB shots in him or something. So he was, he was um, sensitive and tender and... They, that's all they knew about him, and the, the staff there uh, named him Scout. So a couple days later, guess who's there in the morning? Scout. 
And now what they explained, they said he scaled a 10 foot fence. I don't know how a dog scales a 10, <laughs> but somehow he found a way around a 10 foot fence a brick wall perimeter that was very high and again crossed the busy highway and went to the same place and ended up there. Well, when it happened the third time, the administrator said, wait a minute, there, this is a sign. You know, sometimes we wait for threes for some reason. <laughs> this is a sign, we need to do something and they decided to adopt Scout. And so they, they adopted Scout. Scout belongs to the, to the nursing center, and the residents adore him. And they have biscuits ready for him, and Scout knows who has biscuits. <laughs> so he'll go to that room where there's biscuits, and sometimes he hides them for later. <laughs> and if he knows that someone is in the process of passing, that he will go in and out of their room all day, like checking on them. And the staff has just been lifted up and the residents been lifted up. And so I just loved that story. And there's something about pets that they provide such unconditional love for us. And sometimes we love them more than we love each other, right? <laughs> sometimes it's easier to love them than it is to love your neighbor. Right? And that's my talk today, love your neighbor. Well, for one thing, the pets don't talk back, right? They don't talk back to us. They have very little demands other than they want lots of love and attention and some food once in a while and something to drink. And they want to play. And it, it brings out that joy in us. And so what happens, but we're here on the planet to give and receive love. That's our mission here. Our mission, we have one mission, to give and receive love and to remember that we come from the divine, to remember that we're connected with the divine. And, and in that process, we bump into each other, we poke each other, we irritate each other, right? Reverend Kathy Hearn says, we grow up all over each other. <laughs> And so in, in the book of Matthew, they asked Jesus, what commandment is the most important to us? And Jesus said, this is the most important. Love God with your whole heart and your whole soul and, your, and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And it's like to love your neighbor as yourself. And Part, there's two parts to that. One is that sometimes we don't like ourselves very much and we don't give ourselves love. How are we to love our neighbor when we find fault and irritation with ourselves? So we have to pay attention to that. And then we look out at our, our country, we look out at the world, and we say, what's going on out there? There's so much conflict. Well, it all begins over here, right? It's not out there, it begins here. We have to look at what are we thinking? What are we believing? So we practice acceptance, radical acceptance for ourselves. Accepting ourselves just the way that we are with our flaws, with our fears, with our shortcomings, whatever it is, that we love ourselves the way we are. And that when our neighbors, when we're, we're interacting with our neighbors, that we find a way to do that with them. And I have some, some tips for you today.
The most important thing we have is to remember that we are loved unconditionally. And that's something that we forget. It's wonderful when you have a pet loving us unconditionally because they're there present, but we know spirit loves us unconditionally. We're always loved. Paul Selleck says in um, I Am The Word, to become realized as your divine self will require you to believe that you are loved. To, to become, the as we be, become connected with the divine and we attach to the divine and embrace the divine, we have to know that we are loved. If you will believe now that this is so, even for an instant, you will receive the energy of the creator through you to align you to this love. Isn't that amazing? That's that even for a moment, if we can accept that we are loved, we bring in that connection. We know in science of mind, change your thinking, change your life. We know it begins with our thinking. So we have to pay attention to our thoughts. And when we're not aware of our thoughts, we're led by our emotions. And our emotions take us on kind of a roller coaster, right? Like how many emotions did you have today? <laughs> a few, right? So it takes us on this roller coaster ride. So when we're aware of our thoughts, we can tap into our emotions. But we know the most important thing is to be aware of what am I thinking? What are my thoughts? So let's do some affirmations. I am in dominion over my thinking. I realize myself as the one in control of my thinking. I am now choosing to think only those thoughts that bring me peace. I am doing this easily and through my intention to know myself as peace. So we're practicing, we're practicing all the time. We're practicing our thoughts. We're paying attention to what's going on. And the more we have, the more awareness we have, the more dominion we have, the more ability we have to respond to the world rather than react to the world. And so it's thinking about, so to love your neighbor, to love ourselves, we have to go to that place of peace. And so I found a new acronym. I created a new acronym for peace. I have like five of them, but this is the latest. So when I think of my peace, I think of my perceptions engage acceptance, calmness, and empathy. So let's, perceptions, Engage, Engage. Calmness. calmness, acceptance, acceptance. calmness, calmness. And, empathy. and empathy. I forgot how to spell peace. Um, <laughs> so perception is remarkable. When you think about it, how, how we can agree on anything is pretty amazing, right? Because all of us have a perception that we have all of our 
history, our experiences, our emotions. So when something comes up in front of us, we each have a different perception of it. We have a different way of looking at it. So it's amazing. So finding Scout in the lobby, one person may be in total fear, right? Seeing a stray dog in the lobby. Another one might be in complete joy. <gasps> There's a dog in the lobby. That would be me. <gasps> There's a dog in the lobby. I got a present. <laughs> so when we don't pay attention, then we go into judgment. When something happens, we form a judgment about it. So I was, I was talking to my neighbor one day, and I mentioned something about the refrigerator in my, there's the people that I bought the condo from left a refrigerator in the garage. And I said, I have a refrigerator in the garage. And she said, I do not know why anyone who lives alone needs a refrigerator in the garage. What is the reason to have a refrigerator in the garage? So she went on like this, and how did that make me feel? Like, my energy just like went this. So she had a perception and then made a declaration about it. And so now how would you do that differently? Oh, how interesting you have a refrigerator in the garage. Do you find things to put in it? You know, coming out of curiosity. And that's the thing. What if we approach life with curiosity rather than immediately go to judgment? So when we see something or hear something that we're curious about it, I wonder why you have that. I wonder why this is happening. So I'm curious, why are we going to the store in the middle of rush hour traffic? <laughs> I'm, cur I'm curious, why are we having pizza again tonight? I'm curious as why, why you chose to schedule our next meeting at the same time as the Super Bowl. <laughs> so you could, you could instead, what you might say is, is a number of things that I won't say here, but, but declarations of like, what were you thinking? Why did you do this? But I'm curious. So think of that next time. When you're, when you're faced with something, see if you can move into curiosity instead of judgment. Give the other person a chance. And I, I remember I was part of an organization, and they, they I don't remember what the incident was. I, I, it left me. But they were creating some kind of new policy. And so the statement came out in, the, in an email, we're going to have this new policy, and it's going to be about this and this. And, I, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what is that gonna do? That doesn't make any sense. I went into this whole thing, and of course, I'm on my computer. Are you serious? What were you thinking about this? And I went, oh, stop. Wait a minute. I'm curious. Why did you choose to create that now? I, I sent that. The person sent back because of blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, did you think about this and that and this? And she goes, oh, no, that's a good idea. Totally different scenario, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about being curious, changing, changing that, changing our perception, changing our attitude. 
And when we do that, we engage. So P is for perception, E is for engage. Then we can engage, we can engage in the process, whatever it is, right? Then I can, could engage in the policy. We change our attitude. Well, I'm no, we no longer feel threatened because we've shifted. We've shifted our awareness. And once you, you shift your perception, then you can engage in whatever's happening. And when we can engage, then the next word is acceptance. Then we can accept whatever is happening. I accept the situation. I can't change it but I can change my perception. I don't like changing a flat tire in the rain, but I know if I want to get home, I have to accept this is what's happening right now. I'm disappointed it will rain during our event, but I'm grateful that we're under the gazebo. So we have a place of acceptance, a way to let go and be present. Does that make sense? That, that so many things in our lives we cannot change, but we can change our attitudes. We can be an acceptance. So perception engages acceptance. Perception engages acceptance. Still can't spell peace. And then when we have that, we have calmness. Because then we're not agitated. We're not on the roller coaster ride. We have calmness. Ah, take a breath. Feels, feels good when we do that, when we're able to be calm, when we're able to not react. So another story of mine, I uh, had a timeshare with my husband, and we went to a meeting, and they had us uh, do an upgrade, and we signed a new contract, and we said, okay, there's going to be no more money paid out, right? And they go, oh, no, no more money, no more money. And three months later, guess what? More money. So more money was coming out of our account. And if you heard me last week, it was, uh, it was right when I, we found out about his diagnosis, and he was put on disability. And now here's an extra $500 coming out of our checking account. So we called them, and we said, Listen, we were told there was no more money, and so you got to fix this. And they said, oh, no, you signed a, you signed a contract. And we said, that's not the contract. We, and then we, got, we reacted, and we st started yelling on the phone, and I started crying. I mean, I was already an emotional mess anyway. Started crying, and they said, nope, there's nothing we can do. And we said, well, this isn't over. We're, we're, we're going to do something about this. So I called my friend, who is an attorney, and I, I explained the situation, and I said, what's the best thing to do? He said, the first thing is do not get emotional. <laughs> I, said, I said, oops, uh, OK. He said, don't be emotional. That when you are trying to renegotiate something, you speak, you come from a place of peace. You explain the situation, you stay grounded and persistent, but you explain the situation. You allow them the chance to respond, because we were on the attack. We felt like victims, so we were attacking back. And it's like, you breathe, and you calmly make your request. And they say, 
this, this is what they say, and you go, yes, I hear you, and this is what we would like, and you, you continue in that. And I watched my friend, the attorney, do this, and it was amazing. So anyway, we got all that worked out, but I will, I will never forget that, because, and sometimes I do forget, because when you're in the heat of the moment, you go, are you kidding me? You're charging me what? My phone bill is going up again? Whatever it is that we've, we've, did you hear my voice even goes up? My voice even goes up. We, we react that way. So to be in that place of calmness, you get a lot more done from that place of calmness. So, and to be persistent. Always remembering to breathe. So we have perception engages acceptance, calmness, Acceptance, calmness, and empathy. And have empathy. Then we have empathy for ourselves. We have empathy about what's going on. That somebody may be upset around you and you think, oh, aren't they rude? And you don't know what's going on at home. You don't know, you know, somebody driving recklessly. We don't know why. We don't know what's going on. So we have empathy for others about what they're going through or what's going on. So I found this great book called Talking on Eggshells. Not Walking on Eggshells, Talking on Eggshells, Sam Horn, great author. Um, she says, turn the fighting words into friendly words. So a fighting phrase is, I can't because. You can't play with your friends because you haven't finished your homework. You can't watch TV because your chores aren't done. When we have a can't because, you can't because, we, it's like slamming a door in someone's face. So she says change that into a friendly fa uh, phrase, friendly words. You can as soon as. Yes, you can play outside as soon as you finish your homework. Yes, you can watch TV right after your chores are done. So she writes that a mom who practiced this said it changed her life with her children because now she gave them a choice. So they got to get done what they were supposed to get done. She said, yes, you can do that, but here's your responsibilities. And they, they went, oh, okay. And they, they did their responsibilities. She said it changed how she was with her children. So another one she uses, she says, when you say you have to. You have, to, you have to put gas in the car. You have to, she's using this around children. You have to call your mother. But you have to, we hear this all the time. You have to do this, right? You have to, you have to do this. You have to pay attention. You have to obey. She said, these are orders. And people are thinking, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> but a friendly, friendly words are, could you please turn a command into a request. Could you please call your mom and let her know that you're going to stay over? Can you please get gas on the way home? Right? Do you feel the difference? How it shifts and changes everything. She says, you're more likely to elicit cooperation instead of reluctant compliance. And one more. She has several of them. But I'm just going to do three. Uh, fighting phrase is problem and no problem. I don't have a problem with that. 
uh, no problem. Are there any problems we need to discuss? When we say the word, word problem, it means something is wrong. And I, I use that all the time, no problem. But it made me think differently. She said, instead of saying that, find a friendly phrase, a word that doesn't mean something is wrong. Sure, you're welcome to do that. Yes, I'm happy to do that. It's my pleasure to do that. Instead of no problem, yes, I'm happy to do that. It shifts the energy from something wrong to being something that, um, that I feel good about doing. These little things, when we pay attention, we can move them from places that cause reaction to acceptance. And we can have more peace. It's so important that we're, we're in our work together, is we know that the more we aware we are, the higher vibration we, we bring out. That the more aware we are, the more compassion we have for ourselves and for each other. I, there's a special documentary on Netflix about the blue zones. Yeah, a couple nods here. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, the blue zones are where people live the longest around the world. And they went everywhere. They, they were in Japan and Greece and Italy and even in, uh, I forgot the name of the city, in Loma Linda, California. Yes. And each zone, they had a way of life. They had certain aspects that they did that were very centering, very calming. But the one that they all had connected was that everyone there felt like they were part of a community. They felt like they were part of the tribe. And that when they did that, they could live a long, happy, healthy life because they felt connected. And we have that opportunity every day to build that life around us by loving our neighbor, by being compassionate, and having empathy by forgiving for letting go. We have that every day. So let's practice, and then I'll take us into prayer. So repeat after me. I am love through the one I see before me. I choose to see you in love. I choose to see you in your worth. I choose to see you in your right to be. I see you in your beauty. I see you in your perfection. I see you in your wholeness. I am love through the one I see before me. And so I know it is love that is the power and the presence. It is this one powerful expression of good in the world. It is the presence of unity, of freedom, of life, of wholeness. That love is spirit, love is God revealed in and through and as each one of us. And so I know today that we've opened ourselves to this perception of engaging acceptance and calmness and empathy for each other. 
I know that we engage in peace and love and seeing the highest and greatest for each other. I know that we lift ourselves up and that we send this love out into the community. We send all the love in our heart out into the community, our communities, into the world, into the, around the planet. Any place there is darkness, we see light, we see peace. Any place that there is stress, we see love. And we send this love out everywhere and know that we walk each day in that love and that light and that joy. And so I know that we are blessed this day. I know that we love ourselves, we love our neighbors, and we know most of all that we are loved unconditionally. I give thanks that this is so with a grateful heart. I release this word, and together we affirm. And so it is. Peace and blessings. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.